Hey everyone, last spring, Hunter and I delivered a TED Talk to the University of Mississippi entitled, How to Build a Thick Institution. In it, we discussed a leadership framework we developed for our football program at Oxford that we believe helped dramatically improve our program. More recently, we turned the content from that talk into a book that you can now read with your team. It has the same title, How to Build a Thick Institution. You can order it online through Amazon or Barnes & Noble. And if you're an Oxford local, Square Books carries it as well. So for this next series, we're going to do something a little different. We're releasing the audio version of six long-form interviews Dr. Taylor did over YouTube in support of his new book, Draw the Line, Jeff Trailer, The Gilmore Buckeyes, and A Season Deep in the Heart of East Texas. All six interviews will give you, the listener, great insight into why this story is so special, and our hope is that each episode sparks conversations about the coaches you played for, the teammates you played with, and the pride we all take in being from our hometowns. All right. Hey, everyone. Thanks a bunch for making time to watch this. I'm Hunter Taylor, author of Draw the Line, which comes out June 28th. And uh, I thought it'd be fun to do a couple of these with some of the actual people who deserve a ton of credit for either influencing the story and or the entire football culture of the East Texas area. And we're going to start big on this one. So I'm joined by former athletic director, head football coach, Danny Long, and Hall of Famer and the voice of East Texas, David Smoke. Uh, guys, thanks so much for doing this. You bet. Hey, this is uh, this is great right here. This we could probably talk longer than Hunter. You want to actually want to record? We could, if we just got Alan Wilson, Mike Owens, and uh, Cecil Roach, the late Cecil Roach, you wouldn't be able to air it probably. Eh? You. That, that, that's a fact. So <laughs> that's what I want. I mean, I I I've I recognized early on that I'm asking to speak with two people that can hold court. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about this, but I told, uh, I told both of you uh, some of the, the, I guess the broader categories that we were going to talk about for this episode, um, but we can dance around, but I just thought it'd be fun to dive right in first to, to maybe talk about Marshall uh, back in the late eighties and with coach long, when you were an assistant under coach Parker and just about that, maybe in general terms, and then we can, we can dive right into whatever. Well, go, going back to the mid-80s, and, and David kind of has a history prior to that, but Marshall had not been very good. And uh, to make a long story short, we, we wound up with uh, a group of kids in the 88 team, Odell Beckham Sr., young man by the name of Benny Valentine, uh, Alfred Jackson wound up starting for Arkansas uh, as a freshman that played 88 and 89, but 88 was was kind of the story I feel that that put uh, Marshall and all of East Texas, thanks to David Smoke, um, kind of on the map. I mean, we had the uh, the Jamie Sexton story. I don't know if uh, uh, maybe one of the most uh, gut-wrenching stories of the year, and it was not even uh, related to football. I mean, it was just life. And if, if David would kind of share that, are you familiar with that, Hunter? I am a little bit, but I know not, I mean, I don't think that many people maybe in my generation are. Well, well you know, a lot, a lot had to do with the fact back then there was no internet, you know? So a lot of times you just didn't hear about some things and some, I, I was working at TV at channel seven and Marshall was making this run, this dramatic run, you know, that eventually went to the semifinals and uh, the great battle. Uh, 88, right? Yeah, quarters in 88. Yeah, quarters, yeah, that's right. And so I preclude David one second. We had a program called an Adopt a Mav program where people in the community would adopt the Maverick 
and it would it would create the bridge between the community and the kids. Well, the kids decided they wanted to adopt someone based off of a story that David got involved with and and uh, just a fantastic story. Well, yeah, and I was going to do a story because I used to cover the high school football in that area. I was television at the time, eventually radio. But I had been told about this young ball boy and I had seen the video of him walking out on the field. He's got the jersey on. It's draped all the way down, basically down past his knees. And I didn't quite know the story. And then I heard about it. And I remember calling Coach Parker and I said, hey, I'd like to come out and and visit with you and maybe get a little information about Jamie's uh, story. I still didn't quite understand it. And I don't want to go. Like I could go forever on this. And um, so, you know, I, I did a lot of my own shooting a video and producing and all that. I went to Jamie's mother's house. I went to his house and I was uh, able to do an interview with his mother, his sister. And then uh, Jamie's, I think, had a mattress that was in the middle of the, he walked into the house and there was this mattress on the floor where Jamie would sit there. It was kind of like, his shrine to watch TV. And in the end, Hunter, the story was here is Odell Beckham senior. And here are other players on that Marshall Mavericks football team. As they're trying to make this March to a state championship, two or three or four of them hanging around Jamie around the mattress. And there is a video. I mean, I shot it. Like I, I was just like, I never said very much. I just shot for once in my life. I was speechless. I just started shot it. And I did interview Odell senior and a few others, but there's a picture and I wish I'll try to share it with you. So there's a picture in um, Odell Beckham. Here's Odell Beckham just sitting there, just rubbing Jamie's hand. And, you know, he was bruised and his face was, you know, kind of marked up and uh, puffy. And um, this football, this story, I've done stories. I'd been working in TV since 1981 it's the greatest, uh, I'm not saying it's the greatest story I've ever done. It's the greatest story that I was ever a part of. And I've been a part of some human interest stories. And unfortunately, but this here, the story about Jamie, it took me several days to try to um, figure out how the heck was I going to tell this story. And I had people help me out that were at the TV station. Eventually, to, to kind of wrap it all up, Dale Hansen at Channel 8 in Dallas, mm -hmm. famous sportscaster, as big a name as there's ever been in Texas uh, broadcast history. Um, Jerry Gumbert, who worked with me, he was the executive director at the time of the newsroom. He, had a, he helped me a little bit with kind of some of the music and maybe try to pace it. The story eventually ends up being like five and a half minutes long. And, and a, you aren't getting to get a minute and a half, two minutes of sports. Mm -hmm. It ends up being five minutes and 24 seconds or whatever it was. He called Dale Hansen at Channel 8 in Dallas. We ran it to lead off, to lead off the newscast, not sports, not the feature section. They led the newscast with it. The reaction was unbelievable. He called Dale, told him about the story. Dale asked him, well, how long is it? You know, two minutes, that's five minutes. He started laughing. There's no way. They sent the story to him. He turned it on in his sports department. There's like five or six guys. They turn it on. He's like, oh, hell, we'll break this up, cut it up, edit it up, whatever. They put it in the machine, Channel 8 in Dallas. Hanson's standing in the back. 
Room is dark as they start watching this story. There's not a dry eye in the room. Yeah. Hanson's bawling in the background and said he was embarrassed. He's like, oh, my God, my guys are going to make fun of me. And they all turn around. They go, we can't take a second out of this story. The story eventually is going to run the weekend, the Sunday after the game against Carter. Wow. And Jamie passed away. And I remember calling Dale on a Sunday morning to tell him, uh, by the way, I got to tell you something. Jamie Sexton passed away and he cussed me. He cussed me because he said, I have spent the last 24 hours trying to read the intro into this story without my lip quivering. And now you're going to throw that at me. I mean, he was not mad at me. It was just the story, Danny. Am I right? And yeah. Jamie, Jamie he had, had leukemia. cancer. He had wow. leukemia. Yeah. And he, 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 how ironic, how weird about the timing. They lose this gut wrenching game to Carter last second game, Jesse Armstead, all the stories. Yep. And then Jamie Sexton passed away. It was unbelievable. That, that's kind of 88, you know, in a nutshell, it, it was, we, Carter was unbelievable, um, you know, but to get to 88, the Permian game and in, in preseason, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. The, the, the limousines coming down behind, you know, the secret service, you know, they, they, they're coming down and we, we set them in the end zone and, and, you know, it's East meets West and, and, uh, Golly, I mean, just puts goosebumps on my arms right now thinking about it. That was so, a Saturday afternoon game, wasn't it, Danny? Yes. Yeah, it was a hurricane. It was hot, humid, yep. just how we wanted it. Yep, <laughs> there you go. You wanted that East Texas heat. They're used to that dry West yeah. Texas heat, baby. It was good, good 92 degrees, 98% humidity. We were rolling. You know, so, the, the thing you always heard about Marshall was that they always had, you know, they always underperformed. And here comes Dennis Parker with this Converse Judson mentality yep. and what they had done. And a part of that, and I heard, I, I went to Randolph high school, which is located right next to Judson on the air force base. And I'd heard about Dennis Parker. I knew about him. And so uh, methodically he took what there what was there along with the great staff. And I mean, the 88, 89, 90, the run that, that Marshall made was memorable and always will be. We didn't lose a district game for three years and hadn't beaten Longview in like 19 and then didn't lose to them uh, during that run. Hunter, you were going to say something. Yeah, one of my favorite accounts that uh, both you and Wayne Coleman told when I was doing research for this, I loved it. I wanted to see if you talk about it, was uh, you keep saying it's the, the uh, it was like the, the Russians that were in the end zone for your game. And then how like they would even go nuts when, you know, it was just like an. <laughs> At the time, Ronald Reagan and and I guess I guess, was it Gorbachev. I don't my yeah. my history is not that good, uh, but we had done a nuclear proliferation plan in the Longhorn Army Ammunition Plant. They had flown a Russian contingency in to watch us dismantle nuclear missiles. So, so Dennis didn't really want to do it, but somebody in town had contacted Dennis and said, they want to see a football game. And, and we want to bring them over here to the Permian game. Well, there was enough people interested in Permian anyway. And now here we got Dennis and a couple guys coming in black suits and they said, hey, you know, we're with the Secret Service. And Dennis said, come on. <laughs> Yeah, you have to know Dennis, you know, he thought somebody was playing a joke on him. 
And so they convinced us of this. And then Maverick Stadium, when you come down the driveway behind the home stadiums towards the, the old field house, they had, you know, Secret Service in the front, Secret Service in the back and limousine, you know, and, and here they come down the back. And, and then <laughs> I saw Buzz Bissinger. This, he's a little guy, you know, he's walking around there. And so they told us this guy's going to, going to write a book about Texas football. And I, I, I kind of wondered right then, you know, but anyway, that's another story. <laughs> um, and so we show them in and get, get them there and stuff. <laughs> so when the Russians come in, we got a little section called Little Mavs and they're rude, you know, they, it's our little <laughs> elementary school kids. And when you come on the field, the home team and the visitors have to come between the Little Mavs and the home stands. So they, we had to escort the Russians through there without getting pelted by the Little Mavs. And then we stuck them in the end zone. Well, the final score was 13 to 12, and Permian's driving. Well, the Russians had been sitting down in the end zone in the hot sun with their red solo cups, you know, drinking that white <laughs> And so they're jumping up and down, and so they're driving, and then we'd have a stop. And, and I mean, it's hot, man. It was just down. Uh, we'd have a stop, and then there'd be a penalty. They would get another chance, and they're jumping up and down, giving the Maverick sign. And Mitch Prater and Kyle Rutherford was the officiating crew, and they're trying to get them out of the end zone. And then <laughs> I'm thinking, my gosh, we're going to get a 15-yard penalty and have an international incident all in the same thing, <laughs> man. That's the line. Secret Service stop a Texas high school football game because the Russians are in the end zone. Oh my god! Uh, and I'm um, yeah, that was the, read, but read the book. That was that was the game, and yep. that was real, man. That was. That was <laughs> It was uh, quite, quite an experience to say the least. We went that night after the game we won and, and we, we thought we were probably going to lose and we want to get out of town. So we drove to HEB to pick up a video and we got this video and it's, it's Kilgore playing HEB. And I think it may have been all that great quarterback they had there in the eighties at HEB, but we went to watch coach Cameron and the Kilgore team play. And uh, we're sitting down on the Kilgore side and out of the blue, the guy at, uh, on the loudspeaker says, and everybody, a uh, upset in East Texas, uh, the Marshall Mavericks speed Odessa, and all the Kilgore people stood up and started cheering for us. We were sitting on their side, man. And they like to kick our butt the next week, too. I think one of my favorite things also, though, was uh, hearing Matt Turner talk about, he said post-game afterwards, he said it was so good for the entire staff and team to see. It was like a level of class just the program, how professional Odessa Permian was at the time. And then he said, like, that was such a cool thing to see to kind of propel that we, we really belong at this kind of a level. Hey, they, they, they were. Uh, Gary Gaines was the head coach. Yeah. Good friend of mine, Tim Holland's head, Randy Mays. Um, you know, all those guys. That, you know, that, that, was, that just kind of set the table. And, and, and Dennis' philosophy was, you know, we always, well, we can't beat Longview. You can't beat Longview. Well, you, we'd be somebody bigger than Longview. So psychologically, you know, in 87, Tyler Lee had beat us and we didn't go to the playoffs. And, and uh, man, that was some hard rock mining in those years, some great football teams during that particular time. And then for us to go and get through district and then get on the roll. And, and the Dallas Carter week was, uh, I mean, every week you're, somebody's preparing for two teams. Mm -hmm. And Bailey Marshall was the, uh, UIL director, and he's telling Coach Parker, you're going to play, uh, you know, uh, at Texas A&M, uh, you know, Saturday at four and, gonna, you know, wasn't going to be Carter. Dennis 
says, Dr. Marshall, we're going to be uh, Waco at one o'clock Saturday, and we're going to play whoever you put in front of us. It's either going to be Dallas Carter, it's going to be Lufkin. Yeah, that during the yep. week, during the web, it's going to be a rematch with Lufkin, and we played them 33 29, a great game earlier in the year. They were in our district, and uh, we, we were, Dennis said, regardless, we're not preparing for Lufkin. We're, we, if we've already played them once, for us to, to have a chance to beat Dallas Carter, we can't spend any time on Lufkin. We played them once, we'll just go back to the old game plan. So we prepared for nothing uh, but Dallas Carter. And it was it was every day there was a new story about uh, an injunction, uh, something legal about Carter or yeah, it was. I remember, you know, we put up the brackets on the TV screen of who was going to play next, and it was like always slash, like a like a game had not been finished yet. Whether Lufkin slash Carter, it was back and forth and back and forth. It was one of the more drama filled football seasons I can remember. And it's unfortunate that everybody else got caught up in that and it wasn't their fault. Nothing. No, it wasn't the kids fault. Yeah. No, no, it was a, it was administrative situation and they were great kids. Great. Yeah. Yeah. was a quarterback, Michael Hall kid went to Texas tech day. Was that him? I believe so. Uh, Armstead uh, hadn't played offense all year and to win the game, they had him block. He released and he hit him right in the end zone. Demon Frazier swiped the ball and missed it by about three inches. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, is, you know, Carter had some issues and they had some things go on eventually with players or whatever, but it was unfortunate that, that one of the best teams that I'd ever seen. And that goes to show you how good 88 Marshall was because yeah. they had him dead to rights until the one yard, whatever it was last play of the game, touchdown to Jesse. And uh, to have a guy like Jesse Armstead's name involved, I mean, wish he would have dropped it if you're a Marshall fan or, you know, somebody knocked it down, like you mentioned, just a, a, a finger lash, fingernail away. It was, man, that, yeah, it, it, it was, that's the way, you know, and unfortunately it ended right there. But, man, what a year. What a, From Jamie to the Permian to eventually that game, the way it ended. To, and that's why Friday Night Lights in the movie, you're talking about Buzz Bissinger, some of that was embellished about, like, who played that game. Yes. It was Marshall who played that game against Carter that was a last-second game. Yeah, he, he kind of switched that a little bit around in the movie, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was awesome because in that time period, and one of the things I'll say, and you know this for sure, Danny, is that the big schools in East Texas had great history, Longview. They had not won a state championship since 1937. Thank God they finally broke that drought. Uh, Marshall, never. Uh, Lufkin. Robert E. Lee had struggled forever, which is now legacy, forever. Uh, John Tyler had Earl Campbell and back in the day had some others. But, you know, what happened was Dennis Parker, John Outlaw eventually, along with Pat Collins and what Marshall did in Texas, that became, they always kind of like had to go to Texas Stadium, Danny, right, to go play yeah, playoffs. That's, what we, that's All, this, we, we had our little system down. We yeah, wanted yeah. to play the early game. We wanted to play the game at Texas Stadium because that was great for the kids at each program. And they ended up playing Plano and Lake Highlands. where They were unbelievable. They ran the bone, and the Plano was Plano. And finally, some coaches finally started saying, Allen, Wilson, why the, why the heck are we always going over there? Let's start making them play games in our backyard. And it's amazing. It wasn't soon after 88, 89, 90. Then you had 94, John Tyler in that classic game where they won it all. 
Then you had Lufkin in 01. Lee, no one ever thought Lee would win a state championship. Danny was the AD there. Uh, they win it all in, what, 2004. Uh, Texas High had that great team with Mallet at quarterback with Barry Norton. And, of course, there's a guy named uh, Scott Surratt was on that staff that happens to be a part of history as well. And I'm, not, and I, and I'm trying not to forget everybody, but it really galvanized the bigger schools that run that Marshall made. Really, it was Marshall who kind of kick-started all the success. As we rolled into the 89 season, um, uh, Hunter, we, 89 was, you know, we'd gotten there and, and of course this class wants to outdo the last class. And, and you know, with Coach Parker and the Jamie Sexton thing and the adopt the Mav, you know, Des Parker is the one that kind of instilled in us that you know, what we're doing is, is we're influencing kids' lives. We're, we're building young men, you know, and that's, that's really uh, a, a uh, transforming thought in a young guys like my mind and Matt Turner and Wayne, you know, I wouldn't want to say championship, be completely honest with you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we beat Permian and, and saw, we lost to Dallas Carter and, you know, we balled, we went across and we shook their hand and, and we, you, know, you could just feel the whole thing and, and just, you know, I guess, you know, just feel the Marshall kids begin to, man, they, they were special kids. And it was just, it, it was bigger than winning a trophy. You know, it was galvanizing, you know, an entire community. Um, you know, 89, <laughs> we had to go out to Permian. Mm -hmm. And so we got a dose of it for the, you know, and every time we'd have a big play, we would get a flag. And, and it was a, it was a thing. Cause we used to put like 15, 16 guys in a huddle. And we would hear what formation it was, and we would run off the field, and the 11 would stay out there. Well, that used to be legal. And uh, there wasn't, you know, any. So in between 88 and 89, they changed the rule that you had to come inside the number. We didn't know. You know, we just doing the same thing. So every time we'd have a big play, we're out there at Rattler Stadium, and we would rip one 60 yards down the sidelines. That'd be a flag laying on the ground, simulated substitution. So we spent all the halftime. Nobody knew what a simulated substitution was. And they were said that we were having too many people in the huddle to deceive the defense. So we were just what we'd always done. You know, we would call a play. The kids would hear who it was. Some would be half in the huddle, half out. And then some would come running off and some would go on the field. So, um, and, and so 89 was the year. And that's what we played Permian twice that year. Mm -hmm. We played them um, out there and <laughs> had a lot of fun with that. And then, and then we met them again in the, in the semifinals. And they we won. had uh, David Haynes, our quarterback. He's an orthopedic surgeon in Waco now. Yep. Uh, and uh, David, where you are. And David Haynes, he's quarterback. He, right before halftime, he scores seven yards in the end zone. Lloyd Hill just knocks the fire out of him. Um, great player at Permian and cracked his collarbone. And so we spent the entire second half playing with our backup quarterback, who was going to be our eventual state champion, Chad Fox. I coached those kids when they were in the eighth grade. I was their eighth grade junior. Me and Matt Turner were their eighth grade uh, junior high coaches our first year in Marshall. And after that first year, I guess that was 86, Dennis moved us up. But uh, so all these 89, 90 kids, were uh, eighth and ninth graders when when I was at the junior high. So um, 
just just a great team in 89. And you know, Dave, in the, the, semis. the David Haynes story, he did my rotator cuff surgery in oh, 2015. Really? Yeah, he's here at Southwest Sports Medicine and Orthopedics, part of Scott and White. Uh, I remember when he arrived, he, he and I talked. I, I was on, I was like, man, talk about all of a sudden making yourself feel old. It's not just when you start talking about kids of the players you covered back when you were younger. But yeah, he did my he did my rotator cuff. They call him the uh, what do they they call him the artist because his job with the scalpel and surgery is so amazing. Is and that right? And I I mean it was you know that's a tough surgery, uh, but he did an amazing job, and I never was more confident because I knew him, and just the connection. He was the guy that in '89 almost led Marshall to a state championship that year. So then 1990, you break through and you win it. Mm. Talk about that. Well, 1990 was, you know, and, and I talk about those kids all the time because when they were in the eighth grade and Beckham and Valentine, all those kids were 10th and 11th graders on the 87, 88, 89 teams. And I'm, I'm at the eighth grade and, and I, uh, I had just gotten back into the deal and coach Parker asked me to do the eighth grade that first year. And, and uh, so I did. And I said, Coach, I, these eighth graders are better than the ones you're playing with. Now, I don't, you know, I had given him a D.D. Turner, Daley yep. Johnson, uh, Tremaine Green, Londell Johnson, Chad Fox, Bird Ball. I mean, we had so many kids. And, and, and you know, and in that story are my offensive linemen because Olin Buchanan wrote a story that, you know, there's no way Marshall could continue this because they're too undersized in the offensive line. And our, and our center was a kid by the name of Ryan Hinch. He was 155-pound sophomore. Uh, Casey Goolsby, Mark Roberson, Jeff Daniels, and Scotty Schwartz, and Toby Torr. I remember those kids. And they were just scrawny kids, but, boy, they would strike you. And so we just kind of used that as our, as our um, uh, impetus to get into that season and get after folks. Uh, but <laughs> we went to Waco and ran into – uh, Coach Johnny Tusa, yep. and 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 we went over there in a non-district, and we played a young man named Lewis Fight, and oh my gosh, I have never been more scared of Coach Parker in my life. He was so they must have beat us forty-two to seven or something, and we could not stop him. And that guy up and down the field, and and then we went the next week, and we overplayed Monroe Neville in Monroe the Neville Tigers. They had a guy there, head coach there forever by the name of Charlie Brown, a big North Louisiana guy. They had a tiger in a cage on the sidelines. <laughs> and because Louisiana, they can have live animals, I guess, you know, with the LSU Tigers. Uh, but man, that, that, and we, and we got snot beat out of us by those guys too. And man, Dennis was mad. So he, him and Bill Harper would get, our defensive quarter would get us some classic, like in 89, we'd be playing on the last play of the game. Had another young man named Mitch uh, Mayer was their quarterback. Yeah, One yeah. up playing for Dennis in North Texas and uh, playing on any option. And he's up and down the field. And we're in the middle of the fourth quarter. And, and Coach Barter says, William, William, who's got the quarterback on the option? And William says, nobody does. Can't you see him run up and down? <laughs> And I thought they were going to fire. I'm just this little, you know, my eyes are about oh. just, you know. And so we, we throw a ball to Trincy Clay on the last play and won that game. So we were very lucky in 89 just to even get to um, 
Yeah, that, that was 90. Excuse me, that was 90. Get them mixed up. But um, the Coach Parker and Coach Harper, and and I mean, it was it was a show now. I'm just telling you, it was talking about young guys being impressionable. Um, it was all about the program. Everything was about the program. We did the Mav Maker, which I think I called it the Indian Maker. I, Jeff, I think Jeff called it the Nutcracker. You know what I'm saying? Or something, in, you know, in Gilmer. But it, it was just nothing. And we let them wear whatever they wanted to wear to off season, look however you want. But then after you went through that, you got the new stuff on, you know, you got to look good. And then, and then we would have, the kids would decide whatever their, their off season uh, logo was. So I, I don't know. I think 1990, we put a picture of a, of a ticket to Texas stadium for the state championship ticket. And we had that on, I, I've got pictures of it at home. Matter of fact, it may have been on that picture that you put. I got it. Yep. But, but that was, that was our off season t-shirt. And uh, so uh, 90, was the first year too that we split the you know big school small school and we were the small I think we had maybe 1800 kids and and Aldine was the small uh, Aldine Judson uh, MacArthur and uh, Marshall were the four and the and we were the smallest of all of them but yet it we at that time it was called big 5a yep so we we um, we were the big 5a state champions that year and then of course, you know, all during the during the uh, pregames at Texas Stadium and stuff, everybody was beginning to recruit Dennis, you know, and rumor he was going to go to University of North Texas and be a head football coach. And and uh, so the night before the state championship game in Judson, we're in a hotel down there. Coach called us all in and he said, hey, this is going to be our last our last go round together. You know, he, I got the job in North Texas and. I don't know who all I can take or whatever, but I'm going to go. I'm going to take it. So let's all enjoy ourselves. And uh, that was a great game, the Judson game. He throws a pass on a kickoff return. I'll never forget it. Okay, they kick off to us and we run up, you know, the Tennessee, the, the miracle at, uh, in Tennessee. And we ran, you know, with no reason to run it. He just ran out of the same kickoff. That, whoo, hello. Um, so... Learned a lot of football from that man, and and uh, but it was program. It was all the program. Well, you know the, the the beat where he was Judson to win the state championship, where where he had been, yeah, uh, had, had to be an emotional part of that week as well. D.W. Rutledge was the offensive coordinator, and Dennis was the defensive. I mean, Dennis was the offensive coordinator, D.W. Yeah. defensive coordinator. They worked for a gentleman named Frank Arnold, mm-hmm. and then to get it, and it was in the dome. And it was freezing outside, and it was a slip and slide all the way back to Marshall. But, I mean, I'd go back that night knowing – I didn't know where, but I knew I was not going to be in Marshall anymore. I just I just knew. It didn't matter. I was either going to North Texas with Dennis. I was going to go be a head coach. Uh, but I knew that was that was it. That was – that was uh, he was the reason uh, that we all stayed. I'd always had opportunities – I used to think he was trying to get rid of me because people would always call me and, and want me to come and be an offensive line. Uh, Mark Reeve, when he was down in Victoria, wanted me to be an offensive coordinator. And I said, I'm not done. I got to see my kids graduate. So, um, and then uh, it was um, July the 4th or 7th or whatever. And, and uh, the Jacksonville, John, I didn't know where Jacksonville was. And, 
And uh, I drove over there to apply, got a ticket in New Summerfield by the little constable. <laughs> and uh, I did. The superintendent wasn't there. I turned my resume in, got a ticket on the way over there. And then he called me. And I think July 9th, they hired me. Um, and Wayne Coleman was the first guy that, that uh, decided. Matt was gone. He was in Minnesota or someplace. It was before cell phones. He was gone for like two or three weeks. And nobody knew where he was. Typical Matt. And he knew where he was, um, but we didn't. So, so I'm putting together a staff and Bill's trying to put together, Danny, who are you taking? I said, I, whoever wants to come. And so I wound up taking, uh, Johnny Richardson was our defensive back coach. Um, and uh, Wayne Coleman, Matt Turner, and Kyle Preston almost came. But, you know, I mean, that was, that was William's hub. And for William to get those kids back on track and then get them back. I guess it was two years later, um, got them back rolling um, was a, a testament. I, I learned about Dick Sheffield, John Paul Young, uh, all those guys at one time with Lynn Graves, they'd all coached together in Jacksonville. Coach Sheffield had come back and him and Bum Phillips were, were good buddies and Bum had came through Jacksonville. So um, coming off the state championship, you know, off of Dennis, Dennis was a pretty, high profile dude at that time. So uh, I came into town. It was kind of a, kind of a big deal. And, and uh, thank God for Pat and Robin McCown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A pretty good coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now they're spreading uh, all that talent elsewhere. Rusk, you know, that, yeah, you know, there's certain cities though, you know, you're talking about Pat and Robin and I got to know them. They're fantastic. And of course their kids, you know, like the, the, the Groveton always had the Horace family, yeah. you know, and there's certain cities that you see success in it, a pretty long-term deal. There's usually some pedigree there from a family or two. And of course, the smaller the school, the, the less amount of people, but yeah, I, I remember when I started hearing about Danny, I, I mean, I, I knew Danny when is it Marshall didn't know him really didn't get to know Danny until started covering Jacksonville. And I was, I looked at Jacksonville's history. They didn't have much success. I mean, there there was a nine and one team didn't make the playoffs. It was a it'd been a while. It'd been a long time, and man, you could start to feel it. Did a good job with that. I mean, I'm talking about made them tough as heck. What he did with uh, bringing the the what Matt Rule, who's now of course with the Carolina Panthers. You talk about the program. It's the process and how he built that process and the coaching staff. Think about the coaching tree. It's incredible. And uh, man, it was, they were coming. You could feel it. You could feel Jacksonville, like Jacksonville. And yeah, Jacksonville was coming. You could feel it. And the pretty thing about that is, is we get all the Tyler coverage, you know, they're not enough news in Tyler for three TV stations. And so we were a little side story for them, you know, and, uh, and the media has been good to me, you know, from, from every standpoint, not just David, but, but all, you know, all of them, they, they have been, you know, starting back with Marshall and, and I always used it to, you know, the, they're a pain and, you know, always want to be first. Golly smokes. I mean, some, I, somebody would just tell me something. I swear they would leave the thing and smoke's already buzzing me. I heard such and such is going to go to say, God, the guy just walked out the flipping door. How do you know that? And so, okay, well, okay, well, don't just don't, can I have two minutes? At least let me call a superintendent, you know, and, uh, and it was real. And it was, it was before, it was before smoky.com and smoky.com completely changed 
high school football in East Texas. Trust me. It got me raised a few times. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you're going to such and such. Hey, smoke me. Put this in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That thing became like its own. I, I don't even, I can't even explain it. I don't, I don't get to spend nearly as much time on there, but coaches either loved it or hated it. I mean, uh, well, you, didn't Hunter, you write part of the book or you Jeff banned my website. He I'm did. not getting ahead of ourselves, but he banned my website from in the field house. They couldn't, <laughs> kids couldn't get on it. It was crazy. Oh, yeah, we, there were some, there were some threads about Jeff Trailer and Gilmer. Now, you know that. Ooh. <laughs> I we learned that stuff from. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Well, Randy, Josh, and Luke speaks for itself. You know, Randy was, Randy was a ninth grader. Um, when I, I just knew when he's a ninth grader, I had a young man playing quarterback named Shane Big Horse, my first year there. And we won two games. I think we were two and eight. Shane was a real good safety, real good athlete. And I watched Randy his ninth grade year, and I knew it was just a matter of time before I did it. And I, I Shane had thrown for like 2,000 yards, and we didn't beat anybody. And and that was a, that was a kind of a, a a big deal to come in. And Shane was kind of one of them preseason All-State type picks at quarterback. And he played a couple of games. I said, Shane, I got to move you to quarterback. I mean, I got to move you to safety. And then I, I brought Randy in, and then we got on a roll. Uh, we had lost to um, – lost Henderson, Carthage, Kilgore. Lost all of them, just embarrassed us. And then I put Randy in, and we beat Hallsville 9-7, to beat Pine Tree, and then we went on a run through district. I think Mike Schulke at Athens beat us by two points one time. And then we get a rematch with Kilgore, and they're like number seven in the state. And um, played them in Rose Stadium. And uh, we, we beat, we beat them. And uh, it was, that was kind of the thing that, that just catapulted us up. Prior to that, I, I say that Dickie Meeks, uh, the late Dickie Meeks was at the head coach of Chapel Hill and won a state championship previous to that. And a young man by the name of Tremaine Mack played in the yep. league several years. And uh, they were, they were fourth down and one on our one yard line and they're getting ready to score and going to knock us out of the playoffs. Uh, and then we, we stuffed them and that's what put us over the hump. And then we went on to go to the playoffs and then we beat Kilgore with the rematch. And, and uh, I mean, we just, from the nineties, we just, you know, I, I tell my coaches that I supervise here, look in the bracket and look who's always in the second, third, fourth round and go find out what they're doing. Cause winning high school football games is not easy, you know, and, and cause I, they coach their kids too. So I always want to find what's the one thing you do that, that you think separates one of my interview questions that separates you from your competitors. And, you know, I, I can, I can answer a multitude of things, but the biggest thing for us was be a good person, you know, make these young men care about each other, be selfless. That, that's the stuff that we learn through the Maverick maker and the Nutcracker and, and that type of stuff. It's, it's about us, you know, and you, you think of thinking, just thinking the league, I, I think back to years, you know, when Kaepernick, when the Harbaugh brothers were playing each other, 
and the Ravens beat him. Well, the Ravens, the Ravens were playing for Ray Lewis. They weren't playing for a Super Bowl trophy. He was going. So I, I think, you know, in 88, we were playing for Jamie. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, we, it, it's more than just a game. It's more than us. Uh, and, you know, I say it all the time when, when I speak, other than the United States military, I think that high school extracurricular sports is the best builder of character in America. I just, I just, and I don't care whether it's public school, private school, whatever. But when you take everybody from all different walks of life and you stick them together on a team and, and you try to get them, this is not about you. This is about us. Well, that's what I've learned in my life. And you teach that, you're going to win a bunch of games. It didn't surprise me in the slightest that Jeff Trailer had the success he had. Not one bit. He, he came to me with the plan and he wanted to see how we were doing it. And I'm telling you, years later, when him and Matt, they're doing a passing, and Coach Parker took a job in Idabel, Oklahoma, and that, that was his alma mater. He came down to a passing thing. And this is, you know, I've been in Tyler seven years, and, and I, you know, I was in Jacksonville, too, but I've been in Tyler seven years, and they were over there. I didn't get a chance to go see them. But Jeff Trailer comes up and finds Coach Parker and sits next to him, and he had the coaching to change lives curriculum. This is the newest version of it right here. And... He had yellow stickies. Coach, how did you teach accountability? What, 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 you know, what, what did you mean by this? And, and uh, I mean, that made an impression. Dennis called me and says, hey, this guy, he's, he's the real deal, isn't he? I said, yep, yes, he is. I said, he better meet you either one, Coach. Uh, he's, he's got the whole package. And uh, he is just, um, he just, he's just a good kid, man. He's just a sweet, sweet-spirited, uh, very, 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 good person and uh and he really got a lot of move-ins well we reported all of them i'll never forget the one though and i don't even think i was in tyler anymore i was the blake lynch move in though the, that was toward towards the end dennis alexander by the way, did you see he's going to be in the Texas? Yeah, and I will be there just thank, for that. Thank God. It's the it's the most overdue Amen. coach being put into the Hall of Honor. And I know there's many of them We're looking at one right now. But, oh, my God, that made my, it made my week. I talked to him last week. But, yeah, that there was always – there was always – and I – listen, you still got to coach them. They still got to do all the things you want to do. But we used to have – the long, you know, you call it a thread. There's a post. It could be Danny Long or what the ones about Gilmer. Where other than when other than when uh Gary Joe Kenny was shot in the field house in Canton, which was the longest thread in the history of maybe websites, the Gilmer, Jeff Trailer, and all of the they would just they'd like run my site. I could walk away. Could have I should have like if it would have been a stock, I'd be a millionaire. Gilmer, Jeff Trader, boom, you know. Oh, he used to get so mad. Oh, my God. I'd get a text from him. My mother. Or I'd get a, you know. He's the best. Oh, he's the, he's the best. He's the best. Hmm. Man, Danny, you got you turned that thing. You turned it in to a winner. Well, they, they were. Now you see all like what's say, going on. Josh, what, played 18 years in the league. Luke, 14. You know, and Randy may have been better than the other two in high school, you know. Um, so, 
it was it was a process that I'd learned from Dennis. I, I, I morphed it to Fit Jacksonville. And I just remember Jeff came up to me and we we're in off season. He said, coach, I think I'm going to chance to go. What do you think? I said, go, you can always be a assistant coach. Go, you know, um, it, hometown was the only thing that concerned me. Yeah. That was the yeah. only thing that concerned me, but he's such a good person. I, you know, um, he wasn't, I knew he would be okay. I, uh, I think that even back then, Hunter and Danny, that there weren't a lot of coaches that went back to coach their alma mater. And now that happens a lot. That happens quite a bit. I'm just off the top of my head in the last 10 or 15 years, it seems like that happens a lot. And it's not always a success story. Right. As you said, there's some, there's some potholes. There's some grenades and uh, landmines when you do that. But he, boy, has he turned that place. Wow. Unbelievable success since he saw it, since he arrived. Um, just all of it. And, and so now he's in the big time. He's like you smoke. He's big time. No, <laughs> I, I, no, he, I'll, you know, that, uh, the, do you guys know that the day that Matt rule was introduced in Waco as the new coach at Baylor coming off all the, the scandal and the dumpster fire they were in, I'll never forget this. Jeff and I are on the phone. Jeff comes up to Waco. He had been in touch. I think that Matt was going to be smart, which he should have been. He eventually hired Joey McGuire. He eventually hired David Wetzel, who was the president of the Texas High School Coaches Association, and also Sean Bell, former Baylor quarterback, who's a pretty hot and coming, up and coming coach at Magnolia, uh, one of the Magnolia schools. Jeff was one. He wanted to, he wanted to look at that opportunity. They stood together on the sideline watching Gilmer against somebody from West Texas that Matt Rule and Jeff Trailer they almost worked together. And Matt, they, they, they became very close. Uh, Jeff almost worked at Baylor, I think eventually, because that's right after Charlie had been fired, Charlie Strong, or was going to be or had been. So he was looking around. I think he went to SMU, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Jeff did. But uh, that's how close he almost became. Uh, who knows if Matt Rule would have hired him then goes to the NFL if Jeff Trailer at that time, he had his offensive coordinator and all that stuff. I don't know if Jeff would have had that opportunity, but, you know, you look at history and he might have been, hell, he might have been a head coach at Baylor. Mm. He's done a hell of a job, though. He did. Yes. Coach Long, I loved, uh, especially when you would talk about uh, your friendship relationship with his brother, Kurt. And I love how Kurt talks about you. I just thought it was such a cool thing because I know uh, it's just a fascinating friendship. Well, he, Kurt, Kurt, um, Kurt was Jeff, a coach, a good offensive line guy, you know, bring Kurt. So I'm the offensive line guy. So that's, I, I don't, and Kurt, I, and so I'm the offensive line guy. What do you bring, what do you, what do you mean you bring your brother in? So anyway, and I, and, and it didn't take me long to realize that, that, Kurt is, he's really, a, he's a good offensive line coach. He's still the second best offensive line <laughs> And he's really good. So, um, yeah, Kurt, when Kurt was single at the time, and he came down the hill a little late one time, and <laughs> um, just a few minutes later or whatever. And so, you know, I, I don't, I didn't mince any words. And so I'm down there, and Jeff's looking at us, and me and Kurt are, are exchanging ideas about, it's, it's all right to be a few minutes later, whether it is or not. I'm just glad Kurt didn't punch me. 
Because I was dumb. I was old, you know. I think oh, I'll whoop his butt, you know. And yeah. me, you know, them trainer boys can box. Uh, <laughs> and but Kurt is the only guy that I did turn the offensive line to. And then he worked for me for I don't know how long, but he went to work for JB at Texas AM, JB Grimes. Kurt and I used to go work the camps. Kurt and I went and worked the AM camp with um JB Grimes when he's the offensive line coach, and Jeff and Kurt later worked for him. And then we all went. Uh, I think it was the first year that they went to Gilmer and we all went up to the Nebraska camp when coach Osborne had just um, stepped aside and uh, Frank had gotten that job. Uh, what's his name, David? Uh, Frank, Frank Solich. Yeah. Frank had just gotten that job and there was a legendary offensive line coach up there called Milt Tenniper yep. that we all, Kurt's got a picture yes. of me. And, and so Kurt and I worked, uh, that week, the Nebraska camp worked all week with Bill Tenniper. And, um, you know, and, and that's another thing, you know, that the Jacksonville thing taught us was, you know, when Randy went to A&M, all of a sudden you've got an, you've got a source of information. You know, if you got Randy, yeah, well, guess who else I had? I had Richard Whitaker. I had Jamie Hightower. I, yep. I had a bunch of other future Aggies that were in my lower classes. So we would follow Randy to spring ball. And when they were not in spring ball, like leading up to it, Steve Emsminger and RC were there. And so we would make a list of questions that we would, me and Matt and Wayne, we would write out our list of questions on the way there. And so we would go to where our kids went to college and then they would give us a film and give us a key to the film room. And we would lock ourselves in there and, uh, we would watch film, see if we could get our questions answered. And then one of those guys, Tam Hollinshead or Emsminger or uh, one of those cats um, would come in and, and coach us up. So that's how we advanced the passing game and got it to kind of where it is. at that time I was the only guy at that level, spreading the ball all over the field, throwing the ball all around because coach, we'd done it in Marshall. And but in March, you had Odell Beckham and uh, uh, D.D. Turner and cats like that. But we were a spread type team before everybody else was a spread type team. And then, you know, Josh comes and he goes to uh, SMU and the guy there by the name of Mike Keck or somebody. He, he man, he was a football guy. And we learned a lot of football from them. And then then Luke comes and goes to Louisiana Tech. Jack Bicknell was there. And then the little offensive coordinator that's with Sean Payton. He was a GA. And so we would go into the film room and those guys would be in there, you know, GAs and stuff. And we would watch Luke at practice and then, and, and do that. And then I would go with big Nell. He was an offensive line guy. And then Matt and Wayne and Jeff at that time, you know, that's how we got information. You know, we, we, I was, I wanted to go where they were getting the job done and we could just get more football information. That, that's probably so. When, when somebody asked me, "Does it surprise you about Jeff Trailer?" I said, "No, because whatever Jeff Trailer's doing, it's the best way to do it in the country." Because after he got it, when he's at Gilmer, he's following Chad Morris, he's following Gus Malzahn, he's he's going to find out from those guys how they do things because that's what we did when I was with Coach Parker and Marshall. We went to SMU and talked to Tom Rossley and Forrest Gregg. I mean, Forrest Gregg was the center for the Green Bay Packers. 
you know, in the ice bowl. Yep. And, and, uh, Vince Lombardi. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, those are the people I say that, and it may have been Bill Curry, but Forrest Gregg was an offensive lineman for coach Lombardi. And so that's how I learned the game. You know, Coach Parker said, hey, where are we going? We're, we're, we're going to go to SMU. We jump in the car and go to SMU. Coach Parker speaking at the LSU clinic. I forget guy there by the name of Sam Nader was the coordinator guy, but I forget who the head guy was at that time. Dennis went down and spoke at the clinic, and then and we have all access to that. So, and the good thing about football, uh, it you don't recreate it. You know, this – shotgun stuff they used to call him a spinner back and it was it was you know back in in uh, wing t when they started in the shotgun and everybody played in a phone booth you know and they would snap the ball back and call him a spinner back and and so to see the game evolve and and uh there's still the same number of people eligible back in the 1930s and 40s and 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 there's still the same number of yards as far as width and length kind of like you know, baseball pass, who, who, who picked 90 feet? I'm a pretty smart person. No matter how physically gifted we get, it's still hard to hit a ball and get on base, you know. Uh, so with football, you just got to go learn it, man. I mean, the opportunity's there. And and it's still it's still not X's and O's, it's Larry's and Joe's. Yeah. But you don't get to utilize the Larry's and Joe's if you don't know. The X's and O's. You know, successful people never ever get satisfied with learning from other successful people. Just, uh, uh, now, and then when you get to a point, Dave Aranda told me this Baylor's football coach about a week ago. He said, you know, he used to be the one going to all of these places. He worked all over the country, got fired in Hawaii as an assistant coach, went to Utah State. He was everywhere, went back to his old high school to coach. But now his phone's ringing, people are calling him because of what he's meant and what he's doing defensively with what he did at Wisconsin, what he's did at LSU and now what he's doing at Baylor. So now you're right. You always, you never Bill Walsh one time, I believe it was Bill Walsh. He won what Super Bowl after Super Bowl with Montana and company. Yeah. You, 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 you're not, you, if others are doing well with it, nothing wrong with stealing it, not stealing it in a bad way, but stealing it, learning from what they're doing. And Danny and them did that all the time and just kept picking the brain. And then eventually people started picking their brain. Me and Matt and Jeff, when we went to a clinic in Dallas, about Bill Walsh. And remember when he left the 49ers, he went back to Stanford. Yep. One of the big things I remember Bill Walsh told us, he says, couldn't believe in college football that linemen could run down the field and block down the field. If you threw the ball, you can't do that in the NFL. No. And he says, that's a tremendous advantage over the defense. So, man, we started th that jailbreak screens. We went and thought of every possible way, the spot pass and all the things that you see now. That's where I'm sure somebody else thought of it, but that's where what got our wheels turning was when, you know, we heard Co Coach Wall say that. I heard Joe Paterno say one time, you don't have to be fair, but you have to appear to be fair. You know? The little things like that. Yeah, you, you, that offensive line rules changed now because it, it eventually I think they've changed it. I'm not sure if it, Nick Saban got it changed or whoever, because that ability to block down the field on, during a pass. I think they've changed that now where that's now kind of uh, been that's, more similar to the NFL. I, I hadn't coached for yeah, a long yeah. time. 
Yeah. So those are those are the things that and I said, wait, we would drive all the way to San Angelo, six, seven hour thing. That's yeah. out there. That's John Paul Young. That's now it's it was Wade Phillips. And at the time when I first started going with Coach Parker, it was uh, I heard Eddie Robinson talk up there one time and he put a bunch of chairs up on the stage. And that's how he did his talk because he didn't have a bunch of dummies and stuff. And that's how he did his chalk talks at Grambling and stuff. He had chairs and he would move the defenses and show the guys who to block. Watch some tape on Doug Williams and Grambling and do around their wing T stuff. But we would go to San Angelo and <laughs> it was more, you know, Jeff and Matt and those guys after uh, they, they left me, but with Matt Turner, Jeff used to have a rule that you'd have to have an hour break because Matt Turner would, he could, Never stop ever. Everybody blamed me for being up there all late hours and stuff. And Maddie has got to get every question answered. He's like Rain Man, Dustin Hoffman. Mm -hmm. He's he's unbelievable. I've never seen. And he would fall asleep <laughs> with his pencil in his hand uh, with, with a yellow pad. We're going to San Angelo. Like, Shit, don't wake him up. <laughs> don't get it. Go get that battery recharged. <laughs> Have you ever had a conversation with him, Hunter? Oh yeah, he I mean, gave me a smoke it, talk. Woo! It is like it's straight business. There's not a lot of not a lot of fluff. You know, it's what do you need? You know, he's, he's nice. I talk yeah, to everybody at clinics, and I would tell people that you stop telling people come talk to me. I won't talk to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody come tell you. I got a job to do. You know, he's he's, <laughs> he's something. Well, this was. Boys, no, this was perfect. I, 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 one of the things that I loved about, I guess, wanting to try to attempt to put this story together was I love how I think it accurately shows uh, how like words, methods, mentorship is passed, you know, and that's why when we first talked about Marshall and then we talked about Jacksonville and then you talk about Gilmer and then there's just all these and you can trace it all the way back to Converse Judson. I'm sure it goes even further back than that. But it's just an ultimate profession where apprenticeship matters, mentorship matters. And then the way people talk about each other when they serve together on a staff, I love how y'all talk about each other. And that's kind of just what I wanted to finish with, even when it's funny. Yeah. You know, like you mentioned before, like there's this deep amount of respect, though, when Kurt talks about you, you talk about him like it's very rare in any other profession. Well, I, He's just a great coach. And. And Jeff and Kurt, they're just good boys. That's, you know, that's, I didn't treat them so well. You know, I, I was not, you know, I was young and, and I just knew how Dennis treated me. And so, you know, I was probably a little overzealous about things. And, and, uh, but, you know, I, I have a, there's nothing in my office now because I'm retiring. I've got everything in two storage sheds in Tyler, Texas. But I've got a yellow letter uh, on that Jeff hand wrote to me when he left and went to Gilmer. And he just talked about no matter how I was, they knew I loved them. Yep. And uh, I, I'll, I'll get emotional thinking about it. But I've got that framed. And, and, he, and you know, he says, love your pup. And I used to call him a pup. And uh, so um, they got it. Uh, we, we, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't know what to say anymore. Than they're just really good people. It doesn't surprise. They got a great mom and dad. It doesn't surprise me. 
that uh, he's successful. I told you back uh, how many years ago that you called me. Uh, he may have somebody I said, I don't know, but he's going to be good. He's, he's going to get to the top of something. And um, I didn't, I didn't, you know, he had no idea. You know, he's at a 3A school in Gilmer, but he wasn't stopping there. You know, you know the, the, the relationships of coaches, and you're talking about ones who coached underneath of you and where they went, but the influx of Louisiana. You mentioned Dickie, Dickie Meeks. Remember what he did at Chapel Hill in 89 and eventually. David Amon at North yeah. Uh, Pat Collins at Longview. Then eventually look what John King has done. And um, John Outlaw was Arkansas and what he did to bring Lufkin. I mean, and, and Alan Wilson. And of course, you know, Mike Owens as well as I do and more Danny, you, he worked with you. And, and I mean, some of those coaches I worked for him. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. But you think about outlaw from Arkansas Collins. Uh, oh my God. Uh, uh, Valerie. Holy Mike Valerie from Louisiana. Um, and then John King from Louisiana. And then, you know, Alan came out of uh, Paris. Mike came out of Port Arthur. I mean, there, these, the, the amount of the, the ADs and superintendents or whoever who made decisions. And I'm not always a big school board guy, but some school boards made some really amazing coaching hires over that stretch, including bringing Dennis in from Converse that started the Danny Long and then on and on to, to Gilmer and, and, uh, and all those, but my goodness, I, and that didn't include, they already had Jack Murphy and Dennis Alexander and some of those great names that were a part of. No question. And, that, and it goes, it goes a lot back farther than, you know, I just got to be the lucky recipient. No. Really yeah, I just came at a, at an ideal time. You did, but you came out of California and, and, uh, yes. uh, and, and think about this James Cameron the great James Cameron and what he did at, uh, at Kilgore and kind of launched them uh, into, uh, into the kind of, I, I could go, that's, that's a whole different show uh, talking about the greatness of coaches, but that's just a, man, I'm so lucky. I mean, 40 years or so being able to cover some of the incredible memories, the, the rivalries, the traditions, it's kind of, kind of been broken up because of classification changes Jacksonville's 4A now. I yes. mean, they're, mo they're moving to 4A. Are you they, know, but that, that district, yeah, they're moving down to 4A Division One. But you think about that district with Lufkin, Marshall, Texas High. Pine Tree was always struggling, but they were in it. And then you had Nacogdoches. They struggled a lot, but Steve McCarty did a good job there for a couple of years. And then, of course, Lee, John Tyler. Oh, my gosh. Man, we were lucky to be a part of that time. Oh, so lucky to be a part of that time. It was fortunate. Great, great names. Great you know, you hear about Odell Beckham all now, OBJ. His dad was a hell of a running back at Marshall. And, and oh, and you, Tremaine Green, linebacker, went to Oklahoma. And, you know, we can go on and on with those kids from Marshall and everywhere else. But David Warren, John Tyler, that's, again, we're going to, we could go off into a puzzle with all the names. Such a great run. Such a great run. It was. Well, it, we're going over an hour now. I want to be respectful of your time. But uh, thank you both so much for doing this. Like, this was this was awesome just to hear. And uh, I, know we, I know we could go a whole lot longer. And it's just a rich, historic place that means a lot to a lot of people. And uh, 
you are two people that get a lot of credit for that. I know there are a lot of other people that deserve a lot of credit. There's a lot of kids, Hunter, and a lot of this stuff has, has here, here's a byproduct of all this stuff. Marshall, our, our facilities were horrible. Mm -hmm. They're not anymore. No, those kids that were on these teams in 88, 89, they're school board members. Now chase Palmer in Marshall, Texas, the, the Jeff trailer field in Gilmer, you know, um, people uh, identify with with you know. I'm still known as a guy from. I've been I've been out of Jacksonville 20 years, but I'm the dude from Jacksonville coaching yep. the county. Yep. You know what I'm saying so. So they got a turf field now in Tomato Bowl. Oh yeah. You know? Because why? Randy McCown, school board president. You know. So they say a lot about our little towns and stuff in East Texas, and and you know. But there's a reason we, we are the way we are and, and the relationships that, that we have with those kids and those kids become young men and community leaders and they want to make the situation good for their kids. And that's what thrills my soul more than anything for one of those kids to call me and he's now a school coach, you know, I'm looking for a coach to come in and, and, you know, and these, they're, they're all board members and bank presidents and all this kind of stuff. And, and I, I enjoy, you know, uh, you know, being friends with Randy, Josh and Luke, they're 40 year old men now, you know, Josh is in North Carolina and he calls me during COVID. He says, coach, Man, my son, he's he's here, and I'm afraid he's not going to get any reps. What's going on? I said, Josh, I don't know, but I know this. If there's any possible way, we're going to play high school football in Texas. Yeah, yep. If there's any possible way, that's the one thing we're going to do. And he moves from North Carolina back home. And little Owen played there for Rusk, and now he's in Colorado. Josh is – coaching there and, and, you know, but just because of a relationship that we had when he was a kid, you know, and of course his dad's just like the best guy in America, but um, you know, that that's what gives an old coach a thrill now. You know what I'm saying is I, I can find David and we can start talking, we can do this forever, but it's just, it's just how it has evolved and how it makes the game better. You know, and, and anytime we can find something for kids to do and something to feel good about themselves, mm -hmm. and it's hard coaching now, man. It's hard coaching now. I, and, and I'll just leave it at that. But I, I just know that, that the kids that I got to coach in these 80s and 90s and, and, and through Jacksonville, the reason we have real good facilities and stuff because they're now leaders of their community and what happened to them playing football was a big part of their life. And that's what fires up an old man nowadays. That's why and that's what you talked about. What athletics means, not just football, but what football means to the state of Texas. Sometimes people wonder if it's a little bit out of balance. I think it's incredible. I mean, you think about indoor facilities now, indoor practice facilities, Marshall, you know, what Texas high kind of, set the tone when they did that up there. They won a state championship. Next thing you know, they've got this college facility. Everybody seems, not everybody, but field turf. I mean, that was like, what? There were like 
eight or 10 places in, in the Texas that had AstroTurf, right? That, that now, you know, and, and, the, and like you said, the field houses, and it's all so kids have athletes, student athletes have what they need to become the possibility of being successful. It doesn't mean you're going to win, but it sure does make you feel good when you get there and you want to represent that area that's, pay, that, that's taking care of you. Yeah, I I want to I want to get a, I want to get me a contract though for my likeness though, spoke. I want to get it. I want to get for my yeah. likeness. Yeah, your name, image, and likeness. Oh my god! That's what I, am. That's what I want. I want to get yeah. me a contract. Hey, spoke. you know that's, my agent. That's going to be in high school. That's coming. I Not told I told my superintendent two years ago. I said this is all fixing to be your problem. That's exactly right. I you know you think about it in college athletics, and I know that Hunter, you got to go too, but. You look at, you know, they started doing cost of living. I'm for athletes getting whatever they can get, student athletes, whatever. Then they started the, the, the you could feel this coming. I, I never thought in, I used to be the old man, get off my lawn. They're getting a scholarship. They're getting free education. Oh my God. And, and now not only they got NIL, which is fantastic. I see it, what Baylor's doing. They got all these places, have these collectives and all this. My goodness, now you can just leave anytime you want to. And there's no years of, like, you don't have to sit out a year, right? I mean, whether you're at Ole Miss or you're at Baylor or what, I mean, just, I'm not happy. And the, the only thing that makes me mad, and this is things that gets me, this gets me, you know, there's like over a thousand college basketball players in the transfer portal, a thousand football players in the transfer portal. We always hear about the guy that goes from Clemson to Ohio State or from Texas to whatever, but what about the 75% that don't, they're sitting there at home right now and nobody called them? Well, how about the high school kids that don't get recruited anymore? Because right. the, the college guys are just waiting on the yeah. portal. Yeah, Sorry, you, Hunter. I no, get fired up on this stuff. Though, no, man. high school coaches are, excuse me, can I say the, can I say it? Go for they're it. They're pissed. They're, they're, they're furious. Excuse me. Their, their kids aren't getting recruited because they could just get somebody who's a seasoned college player. Just just, yeah. And, and everybody I mean, recruits the same guys, the ones that nobody can get, and they go in the portal and they got to create a relationship. It's yeah, it's interesting to hear those guys. I don't know much about it. I just know that it's hard rock mining. Man. I, 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 yeah, I had a guy on today that covered, changed yeah, the world. Yep. And that's going to be antique here pretty soon. Yeah. A young man, D, Demetrius uh, Davis, the quarterback at North Shore, big star quarterback, won two state championships, Hail Mary beat Duncanville. Goes to Auburn. He's in the transfer portal. He's sitting in an apartment across from where they're practicing, where Auburn just wrapped up their spring drills. No one's called him, or he thought. Here's a guy that was a superstar high school football player, but he's got to take responsibility. He entered the transfer portal. He wasn't getting enough time, didn't like the way things were. Guess what? I don't know where he's going to end up, but no one's called him. You know, if they did, they lied to him. You know, that's another story that we keep saying that's another story. But the bottom line is the core foundation of Texas high school football is as good as Florida is. Louisiana, bang for your buck per capita. Georgia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, California football. Nothing compares to the history, tradition and commitment of what's produced every year in the state of Texas. The man I worked for in California was Mike Garrett's high school coach. Southern Cal Heisman Trophy winner, right? Yeah. Yep. And, and yes. And he used to come and watch me when I was a head coach in Jacksonville. And he says, here's the difference, Danny. Great athletes everywhere. In Texas, 
this football is important to the men in town. And that's yep. what separates it. There you go. That's what separates it. Yep. Just All like right. on college campuses, uh, it, it's important to those who are the uh, alums and, and donors. You know, it's yep. just at the college level. Yeah. It's a perfect ending. So we're going right, to shut it down. I'm going to stop it. We can keep going afterwards. Oh, I'm good. Okay. Uh, no, you, you don't ask us to say anything else because we will, the two of us. <laughs> hey, Hunter, it's honor to be mentioned in your book. It was an honor to write something about your book. It's an honor to be on this particular series right now with Danny Long, who I love to death. And uh, appreciate you. Appreciate what you're doing. It's great to try to keep that tradition alive. Appreciate everything you've done for me too. Hunter, this is a big deal, buddy. It's a, I really hope it, I really hope it serves you as well as it's going to serve our tradition of uh, East Texas football. Cause that's, that's where the good Lord will, that's where I'll go to meet the good Lord somewhere up there. Just, I said, just burn me up and throw me in Caddo Lake somewhere, buddy. I'll be good. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll have a, we'll have an urn at the tomato bowl. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Coach and Doc podcast. Uh, we know there are a lot of podcasts out there, so we're grateful that you chose ours. If you'd like to learn more about the work that we do, please visit our website. It is at coachanddoc.com. Thanks again.